Hello, welcome to The Quest. My name is Alan Mulhern. We are now approaching the end of 2020 and I wish to summarise what we have covered so far and to anticipate some of the coming episodes. Season one of these podcasts began in August 2018 and concerned the nature of healing intelligence of particular interest to psychotherapists and those interested in emotional and spiritual healing. The intention of season two was to examine key visionaries from across the ages. It began by exploring James Lovelock, Teilhard de Chardin and Richard Dawkins and then moved to a mini-series on Carl Gustav Jung, podcasts 6 to 13, outlining his life and work. Five podcasts, numbers 14 to 18, were given on Gnosticism, followed by three on Beethoven, 19 to 22, and then four podcasts on Jesus Christ, 23 to 26, which took us to late March 2020, when the lockdown hit the UK where I was living. For many years I had known that deep crises were coming. With the lockdown I became convinced that the multi-dimensional crises I had been anticipating were now unfolding. I remain of this conviction. You may find this episode an opportunity to see the logic and argument that has been developing. Firstly, in the opening podcast, number 27, in late March 2020, I declared my conviction that a great global depression had already begun. I may have to modify this in light of the rapidity of China's recovery from the pandemic and the temporary hit on its economy. It appears that the world economy is dividing in two, with an ever-increasing gap in economic growth between China and the rest. This will determine the world situation in the period ahead. However, I believe that a Great Depression will afflict many other countries, including the European Union, the United States, and especially the UK, which by international comparisons has fared very badly in the pandemic and the exceptional economic loss it is now suffering. I gave an outline of a possible sequence of crises being unleashed in the 2020s. This was as follows. Firstly, the approaching storm. Secondly, the storm hits. Thirdly, policy response. Fourthly, financial chaos and economic depression. Fifthly, fallout and emergence into a radically changed world. I outlined the multidimensional crises, the so-called horsemen of the apocalypse, which reveal the structural crises of our time. These began as eight horsemen in podcast 27, but by podcast 33 they were 10. I hope they don't increase. In case you are wondering, I am acutely aware of the exceptional nature of this thesis that it is the type of after-dinner conversation that does not get you invited back. And no, I am by no means a depressive by nature. I can confess that my convictions result not only from intellectual sources and argument across many decades, but have emerged from inner experience of an unusual nature that has marked the years after my midlife crisis, to use Jungian terms. A close listening to the podcasts should you be inclined to ignore the health warning, will reveal what I mean. The horsemen of the apocalypse are the evolving economic crisis, financial and debt crises, paralysing political division, social inequality and fragmentation, the global ecological disaster, technology, 
for example, accelerating artificial intelligence and the alteration of human nature, intensifying military conflict and war, pandemic crises, the conflict of ideas and the spiritual vacuum of our times. Emphasis was placed on the economic and financial crises that have evolved since the 2007-08 credit collapse and the subsequent Great Recession. The measures taken to protect chiefly the financial system from collapse have subsequently engineered a false boom on the world's stock exchanges, which will deflate at some point. Vast money supply increases have been created by the major governments and central banks. National debts have exploded, as well as corporate and financial debts of all kinds. Governments have stepped in and supported an enormous casino of financial markets, which have become completely dislocated from the real economy. The state of many key economies was of slowdown or of disguised recession prior to the pandemic. For example, there was worldwide stagnant total factor productivity, including in China, and huge national and corporation debts in the lead-up to 2019, that is, the pre-pandemic period. All the seeds of the coming financial crisis had also already been sown prior to the pandemic. Impossibly low interest rates, vast increases in money supply, inflated unrealistic stock exchange booms, unlimited support with profound moral hazard to a financial system that was proving unstable and reckless, the deep collaboration between governments and the financial system at the expense of the rest of the economy, endless cheap loans with virtually no interest rate attached being available for banks and corporations, producing a zombie economy and zombie financial system. The list could go on. Although some of you listening may not be familiar with many of these ideas, you will be able to intuit the tenor of the argument. This has been a system out of control and has laid the basis for subsequent chaos. The seeds of all these crises were there before the Covid virus burst on the scene in 2019-20. But the pandemic had been predicted since the 1990s and repeated warnings were given right up to the major one in 2019 by the World Health Organization, which was ignored. The pandemic was not an exogenous, that is, external variable to our world system. It was inevitable in a world completely out of balance. There are approximately one and a half million viruses on the planet, and around half of them can cross over to humans from animals. We only have the genome breakdown for a few hundred of these. As we reduce the habitat of wild animals, and as humans push into what was previously their space, then deeper contact between humans and wild animals takes place, and transmissions of virus is accelerated. In a world of human economic expansion and global travel, a worldwide pandemic is inevitable, and others will follow. Thus, the virus, while not originating in humans, is made possible as a pandemic by human activity. Many epidemics have been of this nature. The COVID virus is therefore an endogenous or internal variable to our world system. However, all the rest of the crises, the other nine horsemen, do originate in human beings.
In other words, we are responsible for every one of these 10 horsemen. The pandemic quickly morphed into an economic global recession, or for those countries for which it lasts a number of years, a depression. This has been disguised, as has the financial crisis, by unprecedented increases in debt and money creation. So a postponement and breathing space has been gained at the expense of the future. Many governments have increasingly relied upon their own central bank to buy up government bonds, that is government debt. So this is equivalent to money printing. This does not produce real growth, but increases debt, produces vast speculative bubbles, especially in the stock exchanges, and produces a zombie or deadweight economy, which is kept on artificial life support, government money and low interest rates, etc. An inevitable collapse is due. The conjuncture of the capitalist system was described in the podcasts as the moment of truth, which along with episode titles such as The Wake Up Call, World Crisis and the Search for Soul, indicated an apocalyptical tone, which I believe is entirely appropriate to the seriousness of our times. Three episodes, numbers 38, 39 and 40, argued that the European Union was balancing upon a severe crisis of its own making, only managed, as has become the norm, by excessive and dangerous monetary policy. Capitalism, podcast 41 and 42, from a more general viewpoint, was examined with a wider historical lens, viewing it as a system producing unprecedented wealth and productivity over hundreds of years, and characterised by great waves of technological innovation. As well as its creative powers, its destructive ones were equally emphasised. Thus, the system has experienced periodic downturns, slumps and even depressions, the latter, in particular, being triggered by financial collapses, since financial markets have been, and still are, the Achilles heel of the capitalist system. The latest wave of the digital economy has been accompanied by a process of financialization, that is, the deep alliance of government and the financial system, that is a specific stage in the development of the capitalist system. There is no radical replacement to capitalism, and certainly not communism, which simply cannot operate in a complex economy and can only be temporarily maintained by brutal dictatorships. The vital question is whether the capitalist system can be reformed so as to address these multidimensional crises, or at least a number of them. This is not forgetting that capitalism has a different tenor entirely in China, where there is a state apparatus, authoritarian as it is, that is quite different from that of the West. So there are different versions of capitalism, especially with regard to the influence and power of the state. So far in these podcasts, I have stressed the economic and financial crisis of our times. Numerous references to the spiritual crisis have been made, although this theme has still to be more developed. I have frequently mentioned the climatic crisis, this too has to be developed, and have made reference to the serious political crises taking hold of the Western world. In podcast numbers 43 to the present, the changing nature of consciousness under capitalism has been our focus. Significant changes in consciousness were necessary in order for capitalism to emerge, the Western scientific enlightenment being foremost, 
followed by the emergence of Protestantism, which favoured the capitalist system. As capitalism has undergone transformations, so too the consciousness of its populations have altered substantially. I gave a long list of such changes as far as I could determine. The civilizational crisis of the West will proceed apace, and I shall continue exploring these crises as the series progresses. A brief reading of world history will show that most civilizations rise and then fall or are destroyed. At their height, they usually believe in the absolute correctness of their worldview, often divinely sanctioned. Their right also to dominate other peoples, and can't imagine that their reign will end. But end they do, often by a combination of factors that include the following. A collapse of their moral standards, rising decadence and corruption, the Roman Empire being infamous in this regard. Debt, inflation, devaluations, in short, financial chaos and trickery. Sound familiar? The internal forces of division, political, social and ideological. For example, Germany prior to Hitler. External threats of neighbours, who only recently were considered of no consequence or inferior, but who now prove an existential threat. China and the Mongols, Rome and the Northern tribes. Next. Sometimes forces of immigration from outside that destabilise the centre. And often environmental crises that destroy the economic base of a civilization. Also key mistaken political or military decisions that decisively undermine or terminate a state. For example, Carthage's repeated decision to go to war with Rome in the three Punic Wars of the 3rd and 2nd centuries BCE. Or Hitler's decision, against the advice of all his generals and of all common sense, to invade Russia in 1941. By comparison, the UK's decision to leave the European Union is of minor importance. Civilizations can disappear suddenly, but some undergo repeated processes of rebirth. Most disappear. Arnold Toynbee's study of history is most instructive in this regard. A scenario of rise, fall and extinction also applies to the vast majority of species to have evolved on Earth. This is one of the reasons that the philosophy of creative destruction, the great opposites, underlies the vision of this quest series. The moment of truth has now arrived in the shape of the Ten Horsemen, my metaphor for the great revealing or apocalypse of our time. Recent changes in human character and consciousness are the result of titanic forces of the capitalist system. This podcast series is interdisciplinary, systemic and embraces both materialist and idealist philosophies as the only way to come closer to the so-called real world. The role of economic, material and technological forces have been stressed, but so too has the realm of ideas. A battle is fought out in the realm of ideas, of ideology, beliefs, religions, views of nature, the life process, and indeed with respect to even views of the cosmos. The battleground in the realm of ideas is referred to as one of the multidimensional crises of our times. This is as real as any of the other dimensions. However, it does not exist by itself without reference to the concrete material conditions. Neither does it simply reflect these material forces, 
it is systemically interactive, both reflecting and shaping the material world. To give you a simple and, I believe, undeniable example, our traditional attitudes to nature that we could endlessly exploit it, that is, this is something from the realm of ideas, has allowed and justified capitalism to destructively expand at a pace unknown in human history. The ecological consequences have been destructive in the extreme, in a remarkably short period of time. If human beings are to stop this process, a change in this attitude towards nature is required, obviously. Thus, the realm of ideas, beliefs and attitudes is intimately bound up with our material world. Many other examples can and will be given as the podcast develop. We do not stand then, as it were, intact outside of these crises. We are not unaltered as we destroy nature around us. What we do to nature, we also inflict on ourselves. One of the fundamental projects of the 21st century is the alteration of human nature. It often is. For example, the history of religions and revolutions have frequently the same aim of changing human nature. Except that now, extraordinary technology is being brought to bear upon this project. Other aspects of the political crises have only been mentioned and not explored so far. For example, the increasingly ungovernable nature of the United States, as its traditional parties, Republican and Democrat, are locked in combat and paralyse the state. These problems are not caused by its leaders but rather the leaders manifest the underlying crises. The hope that a change in the president will solve these difficulties unfortunately neglects the underlying structural crises of the United States, which are deep and chronic. In addition, these podcasts have mentioned the forces of social disintegration as the fabric of the West is torn apart by internal divisions, poverty, family breakup, gender hostility, ethnic religious and racial differences. These themes have yet to be developed. I do not expect our political values, for example that of democracy, to survive the emerging storms. Since these podcasts have a percentage of their listeners who are in the UK, it may be of interest that I will be giving a podcast on the state of this country after it disentangles itself from the European Union and enters into an economic depression as well as a collective psychological one. Britain is already suffering disproportionately compared to many other countries from the impact of the pandemic and from four years of political paralysis following the referendum in 2016 that narrowly voted 52 to 48% split to leave the EU. It is extraordinary how such a momentous vote could have been decided on a simple majority decision, especially in time of misinformation and manipulation of the electorate, who were largely ignorant of the true issues they were facing. Moreover, almost all opinion polls subsequently have shown that most people now prefer to remain in the European Union. Although the UK left the EU at the end of 2019, it is only now, in December 2020, on the eve of the final disentanglement, that many people in the UK grasp the economic catastrophe in front of them. So incompetent are the leadership of this benighted country. So exhausted, confused and demoralised are the population. 
that there has been no serious movement nor demonstrations in favour of a second referendum. The UK is a rabbit caught in the headlights. It is paralysed. It has been observed that democracies are too important to be left to plebiscite. Yet, the British referendum vote to leave the EU in 2016, and now reaching its sorry conclusion, will prove to be one of the nails in the coffin of a country bereft of proper leadership and confused about its position in the modern world. To enter into serious decline is one thing. To choose to accelerate it is quite another. So, in summary, as you can hear, these podcasts experienced a change in gear in late March 2020 and had to be brought up to speed. Previously, there had been a more leisurely exploration of the world's great visionaries. I had presumed we had plenty of time. The pandemic and the lockdown accelerated the timetable enormously, and I became convinced that the unfolding of the crisis had actually started. The timing of this was not going to expectations. But since when has a crisis followed a plan? It does not have a plan. It develops organically, out of an incredible range of variables, defies logic and has patterns that are largely hidden from view. It can reach a tipping point very suddenly and can then slow down mysteriously. Unknown variables can appear from nowhere and influence the course of events. In addition, the human policy response is unpredictable and its effects cannot be accurately determined. Moreover, I have attempted to comprehend 10 crises as an interreactive system. I am reminded of a parable in Hindu mythology, which tells of a prince who invited many sages to his court, blindfolded them and took them to a large object in the centre of his courtyard. He asked them to touch the object and guess what it was. Some believed it to be a tree, others a building, Some thought it to be a boat or a snake, others a large box. Others thought it was a construction made by the prince's workmen, and so on. They all guessed according to the limits of their experience. Most believed they were right. I will return to this parable in a forthcoming podcast. Podcast.